Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. P.S. No Arsenal slander. I'm still recovering from Lingard's Millie Rock. <laughs> that, was, that was a very funny, that was a very disrespectful celebration. Man, I hate having to do this. Just like jump into like the podcast as such. All right, this is this is talking tactics. This is episode seventy eight. My name's Daniel. How you doing? Have hope. It's your boy Double H. Have hope. Yeah, Carl's Carl's not here. I'm not gonna put his business in the street. I don't think it's it's my it's, nope. It's not my place to really say. But uh, shout out to Carl. When you're ready to come back, he'll be back. Um, we did a World Cup draw reaction slash review slash whatever it's called an emergency communication i think is what the title was mm. so uh if you guys want to know what we think about the the world cup draw you can go back and, and listen to that that episode it's it was posted on friday so it's not that old um so yeah go back and listen to that that way we don't have to you know cover what we said um on that here all right <clears throat> so uh you, you guys can follow us on twitter at talking tactics you can follow us on Instagram at Talking Tactics. We're on Facebook. Facebook won't let us put at Talking Tactics. Maybe there are some other Talking Tactics accounts. Maybe we don't have enough people who like the page, so we can do some custom whatever. Yeah. So you guys can, you know, have a go. Type in Talking Tactics, and you'll see our our logo there, and you can like the page. What's the other thing? SoundCloud. If you're listening on SoundCloud, please, you know, follow us on SoundCloud. Um, if that's your preferred listening platform. And yeah, on iTunes, leave leave reviews. You know, I, we did get a review. I thought I wasn't going to read it, but I'm going to read it anyway. So, so why, why weren't you going to read it? I just didn't feel like reading. Positive is always worth sharing. Uh, this review comes from the UK, the land of tea and crumpets, grime, <laughs> and uh, black princesses. Half black. <laughs> the, the title is just a fire emoji. Five-star review from Harry Bottler. Uh, five stars. One of the only podcasts that I never leave for a bit before listening to. Good analysis. Funny and nice contrast between the three potters. Daniel is moderator. Have hope with ridiculous opinions. Carl exasperated, but trying to make hope see the light. 
Only two tiny criticisms are it works best as a three, even if it's a guest when Have Hope or Carl on no shows. And please, if you're going to preview Tuesday games, do it at the start slash warn us so I don't end up listening to it after they've happened. I don't always have time to listen to it on a Tuesday. So, Harry, thank you for the for the five-star review. Shout out to you for the uh, constructive criticism. You know, you, you know what it is? I like talking to you guys. Like, we could get a guest every week, I think. Like, we know enough people. But I'm like, yeah, three probably does work better in that, like, someone else is always listening, so they have something else to say if there's an interaction between two people. But I like talking to, like, Have Hope on, on a one. I like talking to Carl on a one. Um, I enjoyed the episode they did together. So for me, it's like, uh, we, we could get a guest. We could get a guest every week, but... Mm. I just kind of enjoy picking Half Hope's braid. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but you know what? He, he does have a point, though, about Tuesday games. Like, if we're going to talk Champions League, we might as well do it somewhere near the beginning. Yeah. Um, that, that would probably make a bit more sense. Should we? Are there any big games in the Champions League now that I think about it? Um, have you heard of PSG Bayern Munich? PSG Bayern Munich play Wednesday or Tuesday? Tuesday. Oh, so you guys are going to listen to this, and perhaps some of you will have already listened, have would have already watched the game. Your impressions, like this Bayern Munich team when they first played, it was the Ancelotti version, which wasn't too hot. Um, now that Heinkes is in there, Bayern look a bit better. And this PSG team, I mean, some people could say Man City, but Man City have slowed down at least a tiny little bit. We'll probably talk about that later, but PSG are probably the form team in Europe right now. So, what are you thinking, man? Bayern. Bayern reasons because Bayern they they want to gain vengeance and they want they want revenge and Bayern will come up with so I think Hankers tactically Hankers will get that ass you know what I haven't even thought enough about this you know I pride myself that I'm not going to talk about things that I haven't thought about because I don't want to bullshit people you know what I mean whenever someone asks us about like La Liga I watch the games I'm supposed to watch but I don't like go in depth so whenever someone asks me a question I kind of I, I kind of want to give like my base instinct about the game, but I really can't say for certain. I really try to not give people arguments or things like that that I wouldn't believe myself or or that I think are just like harebrained. So just gut feeling about this game. I would probably say PSG because they have Neymar, they have Draxler, they have Rabio, you know, Cavani, who's Mbappe. Some, Mbappe, who's some kind of good. I'm assuming that the Bayern de- defense is still Hummels, Boateng, Alaba, and who, whomever's that. Who's, who's that right back? Rafinha? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're going to be dead. Like, oh, and, and Neuer's still injured, so I'm going to have to give it to PSG just based on, on that evidence. Um, um, are, are there any other big match? Chelsea play Atletico. I think um, that's it. It's like Chelsea Atletico. Yeah, Chelsea, let's go. Um, if Chelsea win the game, they top the group. Chelsea have to top the group because United are topping their group, I think. City are going to top their group. Liverpool might top their group. Real, Real may not top their group. Spurs could top no, their no, group. No, Real won't well. top so, the group. Yeah. So if Chelsea finish second, it's more than likely that they'll play the winner of the PSG Bayern group because all the other groups would have English teams at the top. Oh, yeah, yeah. In your country in the round of 16. So... They have to finish top, otherwise, you know, it's going to be a, a round of 16 exit. So this is a, a big match, and Atletico have to win to just have a chance 
of getting second because of what Roma's done. Um, and Roma play carrier back, so you think Roma would win anyway. But it's it's the it's the Roma game. It's the carrier back game. I need to look this up. I think it's might be Rome, you know. It's in Rome. It's in Rome. It's it's at the same time. Um, and are there any good games on the Wednesday? Real Madrid played Dortmund, but you know, yeah. Dortmund have kind of flops. Yeah, but that's those those two games are really the only two games, and they're on the same day. <sighs> Why do you wait for do this to us, man? Like, no, 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 put no, two good games on on different days. Wait, are you talking about the, the Chelsea game and the PSG game? Same day, same time. I mean, you could keep an eye on Atletico Chelsea, but really, the game is PSG ban because that game's about you know it's about big dogs. What if you're an Atletico fan or a Chelsea supporter? But then, what if you're also a football fan and you want to watch PSG Bayern at the same time? You have to like steal a game online, put it on the computer, or you have one on the TV. I don't want to be a criminal. I'm trying not to steal, okay? No, but, but you're forcing me. You're forcing my hand, you wafer. Well, watching two games is possible, just about. I might be able to record one game and then watch the Chelsea game and then go back and watch the PSG game, yeah. just like skipping all the the halftime stuff, so you don't know the score. But but it is possible to watch two. Like you just have to find the space or the time in one game where it's or like there's a corner kick and then you can watch the other one or there's a goal kick and then you can switch the attention. But yeah, when Chelsea games aren't on TV and it's like they're showing a Manchester United game or a Liverpool game, the Premier League is forcing me as a Chelsea fan to go online to these seedy places on the internet that my computer could be getting viruses. My computer was slow, right? And I think it's because the Premier League is making me go on these websites and steal these games. Not steal. That's probably the wrong word. They're making me. <laughs> they're making me acquire these games in uh, some form or fashion. I don't feel you shouldn't feel guilty because at the end of the day, if the game is out there and you want to watch the game, how else do you watch the game? True. So um, before we get to like the games and we can talk about Arsenal, Manchester United, I guess. Mark Clattenburg came out. I don't know if this was an interview or if this was like on television or wherever he said it, but he was basically like when Leicester were at the top of the table and they needed Spurs to lose in order to secure uh, the Premier League, Spurs went to Stamford Bridge and they just self-destructed basically. Eden Hazard scored a goal, made it 2-2, took away the points from from Spurs that, that sealed Leicester the league. And Spurs had like a bunch of yellow cards. Um, I remember Musa Dembele poked Diego Costa in the eye and got banned for like six or seven games or something like that. Spurs just basically lost their heads. Eric Dyer was going crazy, taking out uh, Fabregas and Hazard and Willian. They, 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 they lost their heads basically. And I think Mark Clattenburg came out and was like, look, I kind of set the tone for that to happen. Um, it's 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 very interesting because I always, you know, in the back of your mind, you do realize that if the referee doesn't put a stop to something, like the game can go in a particular direction, mm. and the refer and the referee knows it. That if if I don't yellow card this in the twentieth minute, by the time we get to the sixtieth minute, the the level of the fouls are going to be more increased if I don't put a stop to this now. And I, I feel like maybe that's what he was talking about. Do you, maybe you have a better grasp on. Um, on his quotes, well, the uh, me, I, 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 I just I, I, you you could tell when watching the game that Spurs are gone here. But but for the referee to say I could have stopped it, but I didn't, it's kind of interesting. I think basically because he said that if he had done what most referees would have done, most of those Tottenham players would have been sent off. 
and the title would be the referee cost Tottenham. So by him not setting off any players, he wanted it to be create a scenario where Tottenham couldn't blame anyone else but themselves. And I think that's swag. <laughs> it's smart. It's smart, really. Oh, I have been attacked about this on Twitter. Completely roasted about this on Twitter because I've been defending Klattenberg. For, for me, it's it's kind of smart. I mean, in, in terms of kind of self-preservation in a way. Because if he goes out and he red cards like nine guys <laughs> and it's two on 11, I mean, it's Mark Klattenberg hands less to the title. So like the, and we always see stories where, whether it be like Mike Dean or Klattenberg when he was there or Phil Dowds of the world and these kind of guys, like what's, what's the ball guy's name? Howard Webb. Like, oh, they want to be the guy, you know? And there's always that criticism of, especially guys like Mike Dean, for sure. This guy wants to be the center of attention, and he's taking away, yeah, just attention from from the footballers because of your decisions that you make. Um, so for a referee to be like, I'm going out of my way to not be the center of attention. If, if you guys mess up, it's your own fault, basically. Um, you guys don't have to challenge like that. You guys don't have to lose your heads like that. Um, but... I, actually, as much as Chelsea fans loved Spurs losing the title at Stamford Bridge on a great Eden Hazard goal, top corner, et cetera, et cetera, Clattenburg also has a duty to the Chelsea players. Eric Dyer going crazy and Moussa Dembele going crazy. He kind of has a, a, a duty of care in a way to uh, those, those Chelsea players because if Eric Dyer is going in two-footed against Cis Fabregas on the touchline and he can stop him doing that, he should probably give him a yellow card to slow him down, right? Because he could, in essence, injure someone or break a leg or, you know, tackle someone in a way where their ACL goes or something like that. Um, so I, I feel like in, in one sense, it's good that he let them be the story, like their kind of capitulation at the end. Fair enough. But in, in, in the same breath, you have to protect the Chelsea players if you see trained athletes who have a particular skill at slide tackling maybe not in trying to hurt someone but not caring if they hurt someone so there there is that kind of side to it as well like if you're Cesc Fabregas or Eden Hazard and you're listening to these quotes like so you mean you could have stopped me from being you know assaulted on the pitch but you didn't what's that about yeah I mean for me look it's it was a risk he took he, he took the risk and then the day he came out smiling no 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 I just pieced this together uh-uh he still wants to be the center of attention. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said this at all. Why say this now? You get me? No, no, no. Look, Klatsenberg has always been like this. Like, like, don't remember that time when he he he, he stuck his tongue out like a reptile. <laughs> <laughs> Dude's crazy. He's crazy. But I'm, I'm saying, like, why, why, why come out two years later or two and a half years later and be like, yep. I didn't want to stop. Didn't he say something? There was something a bit more damning than that. Let me go in here and let me look this up. Because he might have said something like he was influencing the game, like in a particular direction rather than... Um... Okay, this is the quote. Speaking to NBC's Men and Blazers podcast, he said, I allowed Spurs to self-destruct, so all the media and all the people in the world went, Tottenham lost the title. If I sent three players off from Tottenham, what are the headlines? Clattenburg cost Tottenham the title. It was pure theater that Tottenham self-destructed against Chelsea and Leicester won the title. Asked if he helped to script the game, he replied, scripted in, in quotes, 
I helped the game. I certainly benefited the game by my style of refereeing. Some referees would have played by the book. Tottenham would have been down to seven or eight players and probably lost. And they would have been looking for an excuse, but I didn't give them an excuse because my game plan was let them lose the title. (laughs) (laughs) He says that, that, that. My game plan was let them lose the title. So he knew when when Hazard scored, he was probably like, okay, these guys are going to go crazy. Like he's he's refereed enough games to know like the, the, Mm. the, the kind of temperament of a match. He's probably like, these guys are going to go crazy. But what I'm not going to do is send them off. They're, they're just going to go crazy. It's going to be their fault that they lost. Again, like some of those tackles, like they're clear yellow cards. If he gives two yellows to Dyer or sends off Dembele for, you know, assaulting Costa, which, you know, maybe some people would like to see Costa get assaulted. <laughs> I don't know. But people, I, I think people would have been knowledgeable enough to look at that situation and be like, yeah, he, they, they deserved it. They lost their head. Like Clattenburg was right. But it's, it's interesting that he thinks if I do that, they'll still blame me for it somehow, which is kind of interesting into like the psychology of referees, which has always been my thing with referees. I always say this. Referees would rather be wrong than be conned, meaning if, if they have an inkling that someone's doing something like in and around the penalty area that they're, like, like, that they're lying, they won't give it, and they'd just rather be wrong because they know that they'll be blamed for it in the end. So I, I'd rather not give the penalty than, than rather be tricked. Oh, yeah. Con. Yeah. The psychology of, that referees have to have, especially in big games like that, I, I find quite interesting. Referees are human beings. So anybody who really thinks a human being can be the objective when they're human beings is, is stupid. What happened this week, man? Uh, Manchester United and Arsenal down 2-0 after 10 minutes. Because of Koscielny and Mustafi mistakes. Who would have seen that? Uh, Arsenal. What can he say? <laughs> you know what? No, actually. Okay. We need to have this discussion. Because for years now, people have been telling me, Daniel, uh, Arsenal fans, Daniel, Koscielny's world class. Koscielny's world class. <laughs> when has he ever been world class? This guy's 31 years old, and he's only won three FA Cups. When what? was Koscielny ever the best defender in the, in the Premier League? What? When? He's 31. He's, it's not like he's 27. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He's 30. When has he ever been like top two defenders in the league? Not even defenders, just center backs. I don't think he's ever been. Because we've always been like Arsenal are weak defensively since he's been there. Yep. This Koscielny world-class thing, I don't see it. I really don't. And it's always been confusing. Like, what do you mean he's world-class? He makes too many mistakes. He was never, ever one of the best in the Premier League. You guys said he was. I didn't. My, my issue is just calling him world class, you know? That should be a revered distinction. And we've had conversations about this, so we don't need to rehash it. But to call Koscielny world class when he's 31 years old and all he's won is like a cup, a few FA Cups. And he's, he's never been the best defender on a title winning team or anything like that. Like, y'all got to chill with this world class defender type stuff. He's a solid Premier League defender, which means he's going to make a bunch of mistakes. He's going to make some good plays here and there. But he's not, I don't know, Sol Campbell, Tony Adams. Like, you're not going to put him in that class of world-class defenders who played for Arsenal. Like, come on, guys. It shows how the standard of Arsenal has dropped, that they consider Koscielny 
to be world class. Like they're just scraping. Like, please give us a world class player. Like, come on, man. You have like two world class players on your team: Sanchez and Ozo. Like any anybody else? No. Lacazette is making making a name for himself. He's making a name for himself, man. Lacazette played well. Maybe the best Arsenal player on the field. Ozil wasn't that bad. Sanchez didn't have his best game. Um, their midfield was pretty bad, although Ramsey played decently. Yeah, I mean, when Lacazette was bought and we had the, you know, the Lacazette, Lukaku, Morata conversation, I feel like a lot of people had Lacazette like a far distant third. I don't think he's that far off the Lukaku, Morata conversation at this point. He's he's a lethal finisher. Whoa, 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 whoa. Danny, let's be real. Lacazette is categorically better than Lukaku. In what sense? Every sense you can think of. Touch, taste, smell. Lukaku is also... He's in Class B of the Brick Academy, by the way. If if you wanted a quick update, he's in Class B. What do you want from Lukaku? What makes Lukaku a great striker in your mind? Like, what do you need to see from Lukaku that's like, oh, now he's good? Um, Big games, shrinks. A better touch, a better control, a better movement with the ball moves to not break down every time he's just not very good <laughs> it's as simple as that he's just not very good yeah waste of money a flop nah man again <clears throat> and I, I said this with Pogba last year when people were kind of getting on Pogba's back you can't give someone 89 million worth of production in one season so I don't expect Romelu Lukaku to be 75 million worth of striker in one season this, this dude isn't it Lukaku is not that dude <clears throat> We're going to answer some questions here. Um, this is at Harrison Edits. He says, Sup, Danny. What are Inter's chances of grabbing that Serie A title realistically? They have an informal Cardi and don't have other European competitions to worry about. So if we look at the Serie A table, I do believe that Inter are on top. Napoli yeah. are in second. Juventus yeah, are in third. Points ahead of Juventus. So... They have a chance. I don't know. This isn't the strong Juventus that I think we've all seen over the past, what, six years? I think this would be their seventh Scudetto in a row. So this isn't the strongest Juventus we've seen by any stretch of the imagination. But um, So Inter have a chance. Uh, Napoli definitely have a chance. Um, Roma are kind of on the outside. I don't know if they can climb those three clubs. But, I mean, they have a chance. What are their chances? I would give Juventus probably a 50 60% chance to retain. I'd say Napoli are probably in second. With maybe 20 or 30 percent so what's that if we call 20 50 no 30 50, so 15 10 somewhere in there look man, i don't i don't do maths man so you're you're on your own bro so <laughs> and and also yeah they don't have europe to worry about which is interesting and they have a really really good striker so um from pictured city topic idea players playing into contention like Delph and Fabregas. Young French players should look at them and copy instead of complaining and angling for a move. Also, if anybody can explain how Fabian Delph became an unstoppable member of City Squad, then please feel free. I got nothing. Uh, didn't Mendy get injured? Delph took his spot. That's how he got in. So basically, young players have to pray, pray for injuries for big players to get in the team. Is that, is that the conclusion here? Um, this is from Alice Bishop, 32. I'd always love to hear more about women's football if you've got the time. Wait, Again, wait, 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 Alice Bishop. Mm-hmm. Hi, Alice. Firstly, thanks, thanks for the question, and thank you to uh, P- 
Pitcher City and Harrison for for the for their questions as well. Um, I don't watch enough women's football. I'm not going to front and I'm not going to pretend and sit here like I watch women's football on the daily. So I don't really have a point of reference to to talk about it every week. I suppose we could get some people on who could. I, I think Carl says he watches women's football because it's it's cheap to go to. So when he's back and feels ready to come back, then maybe we could have a little women's football segment. And I don't know. Um, but just you know, you Alice send us teams that we should probably check out if we're interested in women's football. I'll definitely give them a look. Um, from David Borland, Ozo's recent upturn in form, is it due to having runners, he puts Lacazette in brackets around him, or is it because he's trying to put himself in the shop window or anything else for that matter? One, that the Tottenham game, we saw an Ozo that was more diligent in his in his work rate, I think, and I think that kind of stunned some people. But other than that, I don't really see like a different Ozo. They played Huddersfield, didn't they? They won 5-0. It's not like... Ozil hasn't played well against the the likes of Huddersfield before. So this whole thing that, oh, Ozil's playing really well. I mean, he's the same Ozil other than that Tottenham game where we saw him run around a bit more. So, yeah, having runners helps, but it's still Mesut Ozil at the end of the day. He needs to do more to prove that he's world-class. He's won a World Cup, though. Uh, has he? <laughs> <laughs> he was in a World Cup winning team. How about that? Uh, after Pogba stepped all over my boy Bellerin, do you guys think Manchester United have any chances on taking the derby? P.S. No Arsenal slander. I'm still recovering from Lingard's Millie Rock. <laughs> so that was that was a very funny. That's a very disrespectful celebration. Very disrespectful. One, I you know we had an argument earlier in the, on in the year about whether Sadio Mane's was a red card, and I was kind of on the what what else do you want him to do? I kind of feel like Pogba. Because he was able, he should have seen what was in front of him. I feel like he could have avoided stepping on Bellerin in that way. So in, in terms of was it a red, wasn't it a red, I think that was probably a red card, especially from, from the angle of Mariner, who's looking at it like, oh, did he mean that? He might not have. I don't think he has time to like parse intent as such. So, yeah, it was a red. Um, but without Pogba, United's best they can hope for is a draw, maybe. Um but winning, winning, nah. Without Pogba, uh, uh-uh. nope. I mean, may- maybe Mourinho can cook up something in the tactical kitchen where he can shut down Man City and Man Mark, you know, Silva and De Bruyne out of the game or whatever he's thinking about doing. But it is, it says Old Trafford. So yeah, if if the game's at Old Trafford, maybe they have a chance of getting a draw. Don't get me wrong. But you know, if if City win this game, that's the record. I think they're at thirteen. I think they're tied with what Chelsea did last season and what Arsenal did, I think. Or maybe it was Manchester United sometime. So if they win that game, it's 14 straight wins. It's a crazy record. And as for Lingard, Millie Rockin, as Havlop said, that's just disrespectful as hell. <laughs> I, you know, I, I found it funny that Pogba tried to join too. He was like, but then he was a little bit too late. Um, all right, here we go. If De Gea wasn't in goal, what would have the score been between Arsenal and United? What would the score between Arsenal and United have been? Arsenal by far the better team and deserved the win. Um, that last part, Arsenal were by far the better team. I, I can't. I don't know about all that. Deserved the win. Eh. Um, but if De Gea wasn't in goal, what would the score have been? All right. So let's say we put who's a backup? Who's the Argentinian guy? Romero. Romero. 
Um, if we put him in goal instead of De Gea, and I think Arsenal had 33 shots on – they had 33 shots and 15 on target. De Gea made 14 saves. Some of those weren't that difficult. That's the thing. Like um, he made, I think he made like two saves. The others were like straight at him. Let's 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 be be real now. A double save was like okay. Romero probably ain't doing that. So I feel like Arsenal probably get two goals, maybe. I could okay. The Lukaku save that <laughs> that would have been an own goal. Maybe he doesn't get there. So that's one. And then the double save of Lacazette and I think Sanchez that would have been three three, right? So that that would have been the score with without De Gea. Pike Mouse asks, "What effect will the derby have on the season for the team that wins it, and who should be considered the favorites considering it's Old Trafford and Mourinho doesn't seem to lose games at home, and there's no Pogba?" Okay, so what effect will the derby have on the season for the team that wins it? If Manchester City win this derby. What a championship six pointer, as they say. Like they've won the league in December. There's nothing to play for. It's done. It's done. Yeah, but like eleven points, you can't catch up. Eleven points, you can catch up five points, especially because you play them again. But uh, eleven points is 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 far too many. Um, who should be considered the favorites? Pack Mouse, come on, man. You know Manchester City should be considered the favorites, um, even though it's at Old Trafford. They've won thirteen straight games. I don't see how United could be considered favorites, even though it's at home. Alex Decker asks, building off this in response to, to Boris's question, is there any disputing the fact that De Gea is the second best keeper in the world? Isn't the dispute between, like, isn't De Gea number one? I still say Neuer is number one and De Gea number two. I could, I could see an argument for De Gea being number one in terms of, like, shots stopping. Maybe overall you would still say Neuer, just given what he's won. Football Rajita says, can you tell Carl... To be more chill, he's too serious when Havoff is trying to have a bit of fun. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sending the greatest question in Token Tactics history. Uh, Thank you. Carl, Carl will hear this, I'm sure. So, um, And last question, Gawain, the Gawain69 asks, pick which you'd rather have, Ronaldo or Messi in these situations? Oh, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Okay, okay. I, I got you. I got you, Gowan. I got you. All right. So he this this is a basically Ronaldo versus Messi question. Um, would you rather have Ronaldo or Messi in their prime? I think you'd rather have Messi. I think we agree on that. Probably, yeah. Would you rather have – who would you rather have right now? Uh, Messi. <laughs> uh, yeah. at th- who would you rather have at 35 years old? Probably Ronaldo. Because I feel like Messi will retire at, like, 34. I feel like Ronaldo will still be out here. Yeah. All right. All right. I'd take Messi personally, so. In a club cup final, would you rather have Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. I mean, it depends on the team you have, really. Um, I'd rather have Ronaldo because he's going to score me a goal for sure. Like, Messi will probably score you a goal. But Ronaldo's getting or, a goal. Or he'll, sure. or he'll create. Fair enough, fair enough. But I want the guy scoring. And who would you rather have in an international cup final? So a Euro, a Copa America, Ronaldo, because we've seen Messi for for Argentina. <laughs> That's harsh. It's, yeah, it's, it's not that great. So thank you guys for your questions. You know, you, you guys can send your questions in every week. Um, the tweet goes out sometime on, on Monday. And uh, 
we we try our best to answer them, even the troll ones. Um, so yeah, this has been talking tactics. Um, we apologize for the brevity, but situations outside of our control have made this one a bit shorter. Apologies, apologies. Yeah. Oh, remember to go back and listen to our World Cup episode. If you add the World Cup episode and this one together, you'll get you know your hour of talking tactics in the week. So there you go. There you have it. You can follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics once again. Um, have hopes at Have Hope Hut. I'm at Danny to look. Our third member, Carl Anka, is at Anchorman616. Remember to leave those iTunes reviews, and uh, we will read them if they're five stars only. That's a little caveat there. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. What are we have hope? Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.